scattered in fear and confusion, and a number, uh, number of the women supporters remained near the cross. It's amazing how the women did not run, but the men did. Until the Roman soldiers later moved them back, and one of them is Mary, Jesus' mother. And she's no longer a woman. She is probably around, uh, a young woman rather, but, but probably around 50 years old uh, now. And uh, in that day, it was considered a senior citizen and most certainly a widow. And can you imagine her pain as she sees her firstborn son brutally uh, executed before her eyes? Amid the agony, Jesus noticed Mary is there in the crowd. And instead of thinking about himself, he considered her needs. And perhaps he remembered the story of when Mary and Joseph had brought him from, for his baby dedication to the temple. And Simeon had warned Mary, uh, he said, a sword will pierce your own soul. And he sees the agony she is going through as she watches his death and through the his next words he can apply three simple yet profound lessons the first lesson is simply if you're taking notes number one care for your family say that with me care for your family would you encourage somebody on your own and tell them say care for your family Maybe this should go without saying, but family matters. Family counts. Family means something. Jesus sees Mary standing there, no doubt with a broken heart, and he cares for her. He does what he can do for her. He cannot take away her pain, but he can provide for her care. And even moments before his death, Jesus lives out this fifth commandment, honor your father and mother. And by this time, Joseph is out of the picture. Jesus is, is as the firstborn child, is responsible for his mother's care. Did you not know that, well, in Jewish custom, that what, that's what would happen. If the father was not in the picture, it falls to the firstborn. And more preferably, the firstborn son. So apparently, his half-brothers are not pre present. And the scripture tells us that they are not yet believers in John 7 and 5, although they will become so after the resurrection in Acts 1 and 14. But to this point, they have wondered at times if Jesus was insane. According to Mark 3 and 21. And so they are not so much help at the cross. And some scholars believe Jesus, uh, John and Jesus were first cousins. Perhaps they were, that's why uh, Jesus chose John to step in and help. Or perhaps it was because Jesus loved John in a special way. He called John his beloved. And as John likes to write when referring to himself uh, as the beloved disciple, Jesus loved all his disciples, even Judas. But he had a special place in his heart for John, at least in John's recollection. And so here from the cross, Jesus gives his last will and testament. Words matter in the ancient Israel. Words are binding. And as sure as if he had drafted it up in a written will, Jesus assigns his mother care to John standing next to her. Jesus said, woman, it is an affectionate term in Aramaic. Perhaps the term mother would have been too much for her to handle. But he said, woman, behold your son, behold your mother. So Jesus says, wording similar to the use in a betrothal, he, he is binding them together into a new relationship, mother and son. And even while dying for the sins of the world, Jesus cares for his family. And so should we. I don't care what you got going through, what you got going, what you're going through, and what you got going on, or what you're faced with, you still are obligated to care for your family. 
I don't care how they treat you on the job. I don't care how your boss is looking at you. I don't care what people are saying about you or what you're going. You are still obligated to care for your family. That's what you signed up for. No matter how much pressure's on you, you're getting pressure from the world, you're getting pressure from your kin people, you're getting pressure from people you don't know, you are still obligated to care for your family. When America's pastor, Billy Graham, passed away, Graham's daughter, Ruth, told how her father hugged, hugged her following a difficult divorce and greeted her with these words. He says, welcome home. She recalled there was no shame. There was no blame. There was no condemnation, just unconditional love. Good things happen. Bad things happen to good people. But he showed her nothing but unconditional love. And you know, uh, uh, he said, she said, my father was not God. But he showed me what God is like that day. And when we come to God with our sins, our brokenness, our failure, our pain, and our hurt, God says, this is what she said, God says, welcome home and that invitation is open for you. So Billy Graham, he shows us that family matter. When we care for our family, we please God who gave us our family. Care for your family. And in a wider sense, God is moving us to care for those that are outside of our family. See, our families, even though we want things to be perfect for them, and we can't be around them 24-7, our little babies, our little children, we send them to school and everything else, you know. Some of you put them on the bus. Some of you drive them to school. You drop them off to strangers, people you don't know, and everything like that. Still, you are obligated to care for your family. And we cannot, if we could, we would save them from every adversity, every atrocity, everything that they will be faced with, we would change the scenario, we would do, just like those people that was in Texas, if they would have, if they knew that that was, guy was going to come into that school and shoot up their children, they would have kept them home that day. But we cannot be around them 24-7 we got to trust that they're in the hands of God. And even though we want everything to be perfect for them, life is not going to be perfect for your children, and it's not going to be perfect for you, but it's not what happens to you. It's how you respond to what happens to you. Because things are going to happen. There's some folks still waiting on for the perfect moment, the perfect opportunity to get married. You will never have a perfect situation where you got everything right for you to make a decision. You got to make a perfect decision in an imperfect world. And why, what I mean by perfect decision, you make a decision according to God's word. According to God's will. God, I am trusting you in this matter. So as we put our family in the hands and the care of God, we ourselves need to be in the uh, hands and the care of God. Not only should we show our family how to live, but we should show our family how to die. Because if you live right, you can die right. When you know God, death is something that is not feared. Because death for the believer is not E-N-D, the end. The death for the believer is eternity. 
That's our hope. That's our hope. So we should care for our family. You got to care. Number two, like I say in a wider sense, we got to care, care for your spiritual family. Say that with me. I must care for my spiritual family. Even though John and Jesus may have been cousins, even more significantly, Jesus and John and Jesus were spiritually related. Jesus was the master, the teacher, the rabbi, and John was the pupil, the student, and the follower. Jesus was Lord and John his humble servant. As John recorded this story on paper many years later, he used the word disciple uh -huh, to refer to himself. And first and foremost, John was Jesus' disciple, his follower, his learner. And when Jesus said, care for this woman as your mother, Scripture records that John did not blink an eye. He took her in from that day forward. If the Lord gave you assignment at the drop of a hat, would you blink an eye? Or would you have to do like most folks say, let me pray about it. Or let me think about it. I don't know. I might be able to do it. But John didn't blink an eye. He took the assignment on the spot. And so when Jesus called each of the disciples to follow him, he also called them to be a part of a group, a nucleus of 12 that would later expand to 120 gathered in the upper room and then to 3,000 and 5,000 and beyond, all connected to their Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. And when we become, when you become a believer, you don't just join your life to Christ, you also join your life to Christ's family, the family of God. We are family. Say that with me. We are family. We are family. Y'all know that song, don't you? So someone once said that if you've got a problem with the church, it's like you saying, I love Jesus, but I just hate his wife. Because Jesus is married to the church. So if you hate church, you hate the church. It's like you say you hate his wife. And I don't know too many men that, you know, uh, take that too kindly when you say you hate their wife. Hallelujah. <laughs> And so make note of this, church is so much more than a building. Church is a family, your spiritual family. It's much more than what we, you just saw us do. You know, this is just, you know, the advertisement of things and we're just coming to rejoice. But I'm telling you that we are connected deeply. So you have the Holy Spirit in you if you do as, as, as does every other believer that has the Holy Spirit. You are, uh, you are never alone. Even when you feel alone, you are still not alone. Why? Because God is with you. Someone nearby can be with you when you need them most. And there are over a billion people on this globe related to you through the blood of Christ. Yes, there's seven billion people on this earth. But a billion plus is a believer that loves Jesus like you love Jesus. And you got a whole lot of brothers and sisters that you don't even know their name. You don't know their blood type. You don't know anything about them. But you all are connected by the blood of Jesus. Hebrew 2 and 11 and Romans 8 and 29 refer to Jesus as our big brother and we are his little brothers and sisters. So coming up, you may have not cared for your brother, your big brother. Sometimes they may not have wanted you around them because you, you know, you tried to copy everything that they did, you know, and, and get in their stuff. And they, you know, had the coolest stuff, you know. And, and you know, uh, when I think about my, my, my grandchildren, you know, little Eli, you know, he get into everything. And EJ tried to keep his little stuff neat. Eli going and just disturb everything, just pull everything out. I mean, he messing with my stuff. 
And you know those babies, they just break everything. I remember Jairus and Myra coming up. Jairus had all his toys neat and everything. Everything was just lovely. But when she came along, she broke every one of them. We used to say, let's let Myra test it. It'll see if it'll last. Those babies, I'm telling you. And so they want to hang around the big brother and the big sister. And sometimes you might have picked on them, uh, they picked on you in, in their own little loving way. But one thing they didn't did was they protected you from anyone else who ever picked on you that it, because they cared for you. You can do, you can, they, can, they can fuss, they can, you know, uh, pull on toys against one another. But if somebody come along and try to pick on that little one, I'm telling you, they're going to come to the rescue. Amen. And that's just the way it is. How many of you all are the oldest in the family? Uh-huh. You came to the rescue every time, didn't you? You didn't let nobody pick on your blue brothers and sisters, did you? Amen. You protected them. You care, even if they, get, they got on your nerve, you still protected them. And you cared for them. And God knows they, get on your, they still get on your nerve while you're older, don't they? All right, let me, let me quit. So Jesus is, is a perfect big brother. He cares for you. And he calls you and I to care for each other. Galatians 6 and 10 tells us, look at what it says. It says, therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all people, especially to those who belong to the family of believers, especially those that are of the household of faith. We should have a special love for everyone that believe God like we believe God. We shouldn't fuss and fight as believers. We shouldn't carry on like the world, like we don't like each other. No, we should have a special love for one another. People should be trying to break the door down to get in here because they know they're going to receive that special love that they see you giving to other people. And so we are family and sometimes our spiritual roots run deeper than our biological roots. Isn't that the truth? Sometimes you feel closer to your spiritual family than you do your physical family. Your physical family don't treat you a lot of time like your spiritual family does. Your physical family will drive you crazy and, and, and drain you dry and suck you like a neck bone and, and then, you know, ask for more. But your spiritual family, they'll come to your rescue, see how you're doing, call you, see about you and everything else. I'm telling you, a lot of times, your spiritual family is greater than your physical family. That's why when you find a place, if you move to a place, find you a good church where you know that it is a family. Your spiritual family is going to wind up blessing your life. Everything you need is going to be in that, in that spiritual family. Oh, my God. Wednesday night, we're getting so blessed with the teachers that we got going on, talking about the strong man and how the strong man wants to take over your, uh, your house, which is your temple, which is your body. And the and this teaching is showing us what types of spirits are in the world so that we'll know what they are so that they won't take advantage of us. Who wouldn't want that to build up so they can share with their family? And ooh, on Friday night, y'all should have been here, though, of you that are married, we talked about rich versus being wealthy. See, y'all got the misnomer, and y'all think that when we come to marriage, all we want to talk about, ooh, how we going to love each other? How we going to show love and how fine she is and how him? No, we don't talk about that. We're trying to show you how to grow as a family. Some of y'all don't have $1,000 in the bank. Oh, oh, that's too much. $100 in the bank. $30 in the bank. Some of you still renting. And in that room, you got to have a roof over your head. But you want to move up from there. You don't want to stay stagnant. 
Some of you don't have no insurance. Don't even have any health insurance. And if you'd been in that class, you'd have had what you need. Some of us don't have a will and don't talk about a trust. Our society have made a they always changing the rules. One time they were trying to sell it that all you needed was a will. All you needed was a will, and you get that will, and everything will be all right. Now they done did something different. They always changing the rule. Now you can have a will, it don't mean nothing. But you put it in that trust, they gotta do it. So if you'd have been here, you would have found out that we got the connection to somebody that can help us have a trust. You should come and get this stuff because you care for your family. I got to be at marriage ministry because I care for my family. And if you're engaged, you need to bring your hips here so it can show you how to start and get on the right foot. Because there's a difference between being rich and being wealthy. But no, for some reason, you don't want to come. We beg you to come. We send out emails. We just have, I mean, man, I know y'all see those emails. You can't tell me you don't see those emails. You know at once a month we're going to have marriage ministry and we're talking how to build your family. And it starts with mama and daddy. You come get the information that you share with your children and your grandchildren. Talking to EJ the other day. Uh, Papa, how much money you got? Well, wait, hold on now. <laughs> now, how much money you got? He just said, I got what you got. <laughs> that little fella, he, he's smart. He's he, he quick on his feet. I got to watch him. I got to watch him. He was seven years old talking like that. My boy, what did what did how did these children today? Where did these children from? But all I'm saying, people of God, care enough for your family to come and get the information. And I don't tell you who teaching because y'all got y'all favorites, so we just don't tell you who teaching. But all of them are good teachers. The Bible has taught us you can receive from a rooster or a donkey if they have the good information. Let me look around. You know the people of different expression, they can hate each other, but they'll come get each other's information. But uh, we of the, 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 you know, the, the, the cream and the, and, and the brown and the, uh, of the darker variety, I don't like you. So I ain't coming to hear that you got to say. When what they have, you can take it and it can bless your life. Let me tell you something. The Smiths right here, y'all stand up for me. Sir. I know I'm just using y'all example in my message today. Y'all didn't know this, but, you know, I'm just, I just looked. And then the other Smiths over here, y'all stand up. Now they deal in, uh, uh, they, they deal with uh, health, care stuff, health insurance, uh, life insurance, uh, elderly stuff, the whole nine uh, insurance, more than I can think of right now. And they look like us. But we'll go somewhere way over yonder because we don't think they know what they're talking about. When they just built their, y'all just built a new facility for y'all business in. Person new facility. Right here in town. Now, what's the name of y'all corporation? What is the name of it? What's the name? Okay. Uh, uh, B. Smith. 
and associate. B, B. Smith and associate. Y'all give him a great big hand. Now, what's, what's y'all what's y'all called? Huh? Primary. So they deal with primary. So I'm just saying, I'm not telling you you got to get anything from them, but at least go and ask questions. They may be able to give you some answers to your questions so you can make a better decision. Isn't that good? Come on, let's give them a hand. Y'all can be seated. Y'all can be seated. just want you to have it better for your family. I'm so sick and tired of people dying and then they come calling and tell me they ain't got no insurance. The last funeral I went to and it wasn't too long ago and they come to he ain't got no insurance. And that's, that's typical. Isn't it? I've been doing this for 38 years. Preaching for 38 years. Pastoring here one church for 30 years coming in October. And majority of the time when we gotta go uh, I get scared when people die. I done paid for so many dead folks. Because it's your family. It's your, your responsibility to take care of your family. It is not the church responsibility. It's your responsibility. The church is to say it's up to do the eulogy. That's my responsibility. Do the eulogy. But to take care of your family is your responsibility. What can the church do uh, for so? No, no, no. What can you do for the church? Because we's African American churches, unlike our counterparts, they leave stuff for their church. Then we sit there, how they built that? How they got that? How they got this bigger? How they got that gym? How they got that ball field? Because their people say, listen, I'm going to leave something to make it better for the folk behind me. We should live, uh uh, uh uh, no. <laughs> Ain't nobody going to be spending all the money I work. Well, you did. You know, you go to funerals, watch it. Now, you can tell by the crowd whether they left them something or not. <laughs> they look at it when you go, you know. When it, ah, God. No, they ain't leave nothing. <laughs> why are you leave me like this? Why you, oh, Jesus. Why you? Uh, they ain't leave them a dime. <laughs> but now when they come up there and they come up there, they do like this. They say, I'm going to miss he was just such a good man. That means she's going to be going to the mailbox. She's going to be looking good. <laughs> oh, let me teach my lesson. Y'all ain't want nothing to say. Y'all ain't really want nothing to say. I'm just telling my business, ain't it? I wish I could take a poll. I wish I could, I wish I could ask every man in here when they leave here that their wife gonna be good. I wish I could take a poll. Amen. Cause I know when I leave here first, lady gonna be looking good. Now she's gonna miss me now. I'm gonna tell you right now, she's gonna miss me. But hallelujah. She ain't gonna be ready to jump and get married real quick because she's gonna be loaded. She ain't gonna be having nobody trying to take her money and nothing. If you ain't scared, man, you willing to stand like me and say, my wife gonna be right when she leave here. Just stand on your feet right with it right quick. My life, my wife gonna be right when she leave, when I leave here. Look at it. Ain't nobody scared to say it. Ain't nobody scared to say it. Hallelujah. You can be seated. And how many of you still working on it? How many of you still working on? You still work making it even better. I just recently entered into an investment plan that's going to leave my wife staggering. She ain't even know nothing about it. Hallelujah. 
But see, I'm an investor. I'm an investor. Hallelujah. I wasn't always like this. But time has taught me something. Hallelujah. And, and, and quiet the care, we got some smart Negroes in here. Some smart brothers in here. If you ask them, they'll tell you. They, a lot of times they ain't going to just volunteer. But if you ask them, they'll show you how to get on top. They'll show you how to get on top. Now look at, look at the wise. They're looking around to my, let me go, let me leave here to them. Honey, you got me good. <laughs> Jeffro, you, you got me right. I hope I don't get nobody in trouble. I hope I don't get nobody in trouble. Amen. Did I start something? Did I start? But it don't make no sense. Now watch me. If you're single and you ain't got nobody, you're going to learn how to manage your money. And whoever you want to bless when you leave here, and they're, they're going to care, like Doc Brown said, somebody going to know my name when I leave here. They're going to say, you know they were real good to me. Amen. Don't make no sense. Listen, when you retire, if that's what you want to do, you should be able to retire without worrying. There's so many people retiring but worrying. Ain't no sense in you retiring and you got to worry. When you retire, there shouldn't be no worration around. And see, when we try to teach you about your finances, I don't want nobody telling me about my money. I want, I, I, listen, I know what to do with my money. And then when we look at you, we know something ain't right. You look at them and they say, oh, Lord. Here they come. I, I know my kin people. I got some of them. They don't call me unless they want something. I, I showed them all. I said, look here, look who called. I said, don't did, answer. Did I? <laughs> 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 I was I I looking for that one. Because <laughs> you know some people, when they call, all they want is something. They don't call you, just say, hi, how you doing? And you know, they used to them want to borrow about five, ten dollars. They called to me, hey man, I'm trying to get this car. Can you give me about three thousand dollars? <laughs> what? What? <laughs> I'm listening on my wife come and say with her brothers, you and he trying to explain to her why he why she need to give him some money. She said, and he said, well, I know you got it. She said, yeah, I got it. But I ain't, I ain't, I ain't working just to give it to you. You big old robust fella, you, you bigger than me. You should be able to get, make money too. She said she better now, so amen. But you got to listen. There was one other thing that I want you to uh, catch from this, this short statement from the cross. Care for your family. Care for your spiritual family. And his last one, number three, value others above yourselves. Yeah. Write that down. Value others above yourself. <sighs> you know, the thought came to me. A lot of men think that their wives nag them. And, 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 and they, well, let me finish. I'm going to tell you. That's my daughter over there, y'all, my spiritual daughter. Praise the Lord. She ain't like me. Hallelujah. But anyway, Intel Way, roommate, Mary Ruth, whatever, Ruth May. A uh, lot, of, lot of men think their wives nag them. But you know, I, can't, I got a revelation that a lot of women do not really nag their husbands. It's not a nag thing. They just want what's best for you.
Now, you know, I, I be up here talking about how my wife be trying to tell me how to drive and everything, and she still do. She still do. But there have been times where she had gotten me out of trouble by being telling me how to drive. There are times that she, you know, done saved us a few times. Amen. And so they are your, you know, your next set of eyes. Uh, I got four, so that she got four, she got four too, so we got eight. Eight are better than two, you understand? But it's not a it's not a nag thing that just want to, they want to see you do better. That's why the Bible called her a helpmate. She helps you meet your obligations to the Lord. She helps you to become better. She gets your last name and makes it better. It is it, it is it is built in every woman in here to get something and make it better. It's, now you may not use it. But it's in you. Come on, ladies, say that. Just point to yourself and say, it's in me. Come on, all the ladies, not men, just all the ladies say, it's in me. Because you, you can't do that. She can do it. You can't do that. So you got that one-track mind. you like, go. You know. But it's in you to take something in its raw state and get it and make it better over a course of time. Now, that, that's provided if we will listen and we will accept it not as just nagging, but she's trying to make me better. So the next time you think your wife nagging you, don't say the word nag. Just say, baby, I, I appreciate you trying to make me better. Is that good? Is, is, is that good? The men ain't saying that. And so, all right. I'm going to have to work on y'all a little bit more. All right. Thumbs up. All right. Okay. Just let, Bishop, let that marinate in me just a little bit more. I ain't ready yet, but I get it. <laughs> All the ladies say, yeah, that's good. But you know, it's always a better way to say something. It's always a better way to do something. So that's why you got to make, you got to increase in having a better communication with your spouse or better communication skill so that it can come out right. Because sometimes you got a good heart and you mean well, it just don't come out right. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Let me see your hand. It just didn't come out right. Now that's for ladies and men. You'll say something, but it just didn't come out right. And then, when it didn't come out right and you meant good, then they get mad at you and now you meant good, so you're going to get mad too. Not both of y'all fussing. Your good just turned all the way around. You know, it didn't come out right and, you, and then they go off on you be like, uh-oh, now who you talking to? So I know, uh, wait a minute. When, when they say, wait a minute. Or when they say, excuse me? When sister girl say, excuse me. When they say, ooh, I know you don't want none of this. <laughs> I'm, I'm just trying to help. Let me get my, my third point. Y'all leave me alone. Y'all leave me alone. All right. Okay. So <laughs> Jesus is a consummate uh, servant here. And so he told his disciples more than once, I came not to... Be served, but to serve. That's what I say in Mark 10 and 40. He said, I came not to be served, but to serve. So a servant focuses on the needs of another. Philippians 2 and 3 says, do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain deceit. Rather in humility. Y'all see that? Value others above yourself. Uh, lift, esteem others higher than yourself. One version says. So it's really not about you per se. It is about others. So to be humble is to think of others before yourself. How do you know so easy to think about yourself first? Now, there's nothing wrong with thinking about yourself, but you shouldn't think about yourself first all the time. It's one-sided. It's never about the other person. It's always about you. 
So we see Jesus doing that once again in today's scripture. Consider Jesus' first three statements from the cross. Now, two weeks ago, we heard, we heard him say, Father, forgive them for they know not what they are doing. How many of you have to forgive people that don't know what they're doing? That's not the easiest thing to do, is it? But you know they know, you know that they don't know what they're doing. They don't have a relationship with Christ like you do. They're not in the Bible like you're in the Bible. They don't go to Bible study like you go. They don't come to, you know, marriage ministry like you do on Sunday morning and, you know, and come to Wednesday noonday prayer and all the other things that we have. They don't do all that stuff that you do, so they don't know what they're doing. They're not getting the teaching like you're getting. And that's why they haul up and say stuff that, you know, you go, What? So you got to forgive them for they don't know what they're doing. And that's how it is with some people you deal with. They don't know what they're doing. The boss thinks he's making a good decision, but he's not out there with the truths like you are. You know what's going on, but he doesn't. He don't know what he's doing, but he make, the, he make a call. You got to forgive him. Now check this out. Jesus was thinking of his tormentors. Some people that were tormenting them, him, and he said, you got to forgive them. Now how many of y'all ready to forgive folk that torment you? Talking about you like a dirty dog. Saying stuff that's not true. Trying to block your promotion. Telling other folk that you're no good. All behind your slandering your name. Jesus said, forgive them for they know not what they do. And we overheard Jesus' reassurance. A criminal said, today you will be with me in paradise. He forgave a criminal while he was dying. He stopped dying for a moment to win this person to the Lord and forgive a criminal while he's Dying. And you are alive and start, uh-uh, I ain't forgiving them. Nope. I will not forgive them. Before I forgive them, you hear what they say, hell gonna freeze over before I can forgive them. Remember now, Jesus said, if you don't forgive them, he won't for what? Uh-oh, you in trouble. So he said, today you'll be in paradise. Jesus was thinking of the criminal. And today we see Jesus focus on his mother. We are thinking of her knees before his own. That's what he was thinking about. And the lesson is simple. Value others before you're above yourself. If you will care for others, God will care for you. Come on now. How many know that to be true? Now, this doesn't mean that self-care is not important. Don't get that in your mind, because it is. If you want to care for others, you must protect the time to recharge, take time to charge your own batteries. The flight attendant urges us to, you know, put the oxygen mask on our face first before we put it on our children, right? You can't help nobody unless you take care of you first. In that sense. Are you following me? So you are no longer good to anybody if you don't care for yourself. People have died early because they didn't care for themselves. Yet if you will consistently focus on meeting the need of others, God will bless you. Rick Warren in his Purpose Driven Life writes that true humility is not thinking less of yourself it is thinking of yourself less because you are focused on meeting the needs of others we got to learn how to meet the needs of others it's not just you and nobody else givers will always be blessed 
People all look at you and say, ah, he always talking about what the Lord done done. She always talking about how the Lord blessed her. And she was minding her business down at Walmart. And people came and paid for her groceries. She always got a testimony about something. She always doing something. Y'all remember Vengeance Rao who was here uh, late Vengeance Rao? She was always giving a testimony how somebody was always blessing her. You know why? Because she was a giver. And she would tell you in a minute, you got to get that seed in the ground. Bishop, you got to get that seed in the ground. Now, you got to get that seed in the ground. You got to plant that seed because your harvest is going to come. Y'all know how she used to talk. And every time she turned around, she said, you remember my engine went out, but I went down there and talked to that man. I mentioned your name. Man, they gave me a discount, Bishop. Thank you. She was always encouraged, and even when she was dying, I don't know how many of you all noticed this, but when you went to see her, you should turn it around and start praying for you. She would turn that thing around and start speaking blessings over your life, and she'll begin to say, I pray that God will give you a multiplied and, and give you a, a, a hundredfold for your, for, for your life. And I mean, she'll just turn it around. I say, no, I'm here to bless you. So you got to start caring for the need of others and your needs will always be met. Yeah. And if you got to do that for others, what do you think about your family? What about the ones that are closest to you? Why is it that you can entertain a perfect stranger and treat them good, but you'll walk by one another and not speak to each other when you are connected together and you have given your word that you would do that for the rest of your life and you can be in the same home and walk by each other for a whole week and not say anything? Soon as somebody call from your job or call somebody that you know, hello. You sound so sweet, act like nothing ain't never happened. Oh yes. Soon you hang up the phone. They say, hey, don't say nothing to me. I'm still mad at you. Then somebody else called. Oh, hello. Soon as they hang up the phone. I'm still not talking to you. How y'all do that? What y'all what y'all got that y'all can change it like that that quick like that? If you can forgive people on your job, why you can't forgive the folks in your home? You got the value. Hallelujah. Now, you know, the world kind of got a little funky, a little fun, excuse me, funny. <laughs> the church done got a little funny. Church done got a little funny. They got, they got a little funny. The world prays their own. But the church, they can see one person getting blessed. What they need it for. They doing better than me. See, you missed the whole principle. You missed the whole principle. Why do we need to give the Lord the praise that he deserves? He got everything. He don't need your praise and he don't need your money either. But the Bible says to praise him and to bless him. And to give, and it shall be given unto you. Pressed down, shaking together, huh? and running over. We got to learn how to bless our own. See, what, one thing I've, I learned about people, when they realize that you can take care of yourself and take care of your own family, they, they believe that you can take care of them. Cause you roll up in here and all I'm preaching is that I'm always broke. You ain't going to stay here long. Because you don't want to be connected to nothing like that. Because that spirit going to rub off on you. But if you roll up in here and I tell you how God done brought me up from where I used to be. And how he'll bring you up from where you are right now. You say, ooh, there's a chance for me. I can come up out of this thing. 
Hallelujah. If your marriage is on the rocks or if you're thinking about getting married, you come over here looking, see how me and first lady are getting along and look how she's looking in that red over there. Good God Almighty, she on fire over there. Woo! That girl, they're looking good. And you see how we working it out and we working together and been together for 40 years. Oh, there's some hope for us. They working with something now. Then when you find out that they got others in here that been married longer than them and they working things out and, and they here too and all of them got testimonies and yah, yah, yah. And, and man, they got some longevity over here. I want mine to be the same way. I don't want no hit it and quit it. I don't want no one and done like that, that stuff like that. And, and you know, oh, that's it. We went one year. That's all. We, so we over. Uh-uh. I want to be talking years from now how we made it over, how we came through, how the Lord blessed us, and where we're going from here. Hallelujah. Because it's going to get better with time if you allow it. You know, a man should become more of a gentleman as he gets older. He should become more sweeter to his wife as he get older. He should value her value to him as he gets older. And vice versa. She should value him as they get older. Begin to recall all of the tough times and the things we had to endure and we came through together and we're still here and God is still blessing our lives. And if you're a widow in here, you value your husband or your wife that was with you and you thank God for the time that you spent with them because they helped made you. They helped made you so you could be better for somebody else if you want somebody. Some folk don't want nobody else. Amen. Somebody say, well, Bishop, let them speak for themselves because I want somebody else. And ain't nothing wrong with that. Because the vow you made it till death do your part. Until death come get what listen. Then you up, you can reach out. Huh? Amen. But now don't reach out to the first thing that come running after you. But take your time. Amen. Make sure they're right for you. Hallelujah. Let me know. Am I doing all right so far? Because, see, you know, we know how to church, and we just proved that. But do we know how to live? See, most church folk don't know how to live. Brother John, they don't know how to live. They've been at church for years, 30 years, and still don't know how to live. They don't know about living a wealthy life. They, take, they live from paycheck to paycheck, and they think they're all right. But in my book, that ain't all right. I don't want to live from paycheck to paycheck. I like to spend money and not even worry about it. But you can only do that if you plan for it. Everybody can't do that. I was telling the brother, I said, what's the sense in retiring? You got to worry. I don't want to retire and be worried about everything. I'm already old. I don't need worrying to take me out of here. I need to retire and be happy and laugh about stuff. Just take my time. I ain't in no hurry. Oh, y'all got to go? I, I'm sorry for keeping y'all. I'm just happy. Because all these years I've worked for my money, but now my money's working for me. If you don't like all this talk and this carrying out, you at the wrong church, but this is how we talk over here. I want you to do better in life. You can love God and have things too. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. I can't help because God keep adding stuff to me. 
your role. Say, I can't help because God keep adding stuff to me. I can't help because the blessings run me down and take me over. And honey, goodness and mercy is following me all the days of my life. I can't help because he called me the head and not the tail. I can't help because he told me that I can be the top of everything. Listen, he put me to the top. God done brought me too far to turn around. Why would I want to go back to what I used to be in? Living this kind of life gets sweeter and sweeter. Hallelujah. And don't you apologize for God blessing your life the way your life is blessed. Don't you apologize because God want to pour out his blessings on you over and over again. Don't you apologize because God is still being good to you and you've been good to God because you do what he tell you to do. When you give, it come back to you multiplied. Because what I found out, if you be consistent, he don't just add to you, he multiplies. Look at somebody and say, because I'm a giver, and I'm not bragging on myself, but I'm bragging on my God. Because I'm a giver, he multiplies everything back to me. And tell us, I got better days ahead of me. Oh, goodness and mercy. It's following me all the days of my life. And I'm not going to stop now. Hallelujah. He's going to keep on being good to me. Somebody say he's been better than me than I've been to myself. Hallelujah. I look better than what I really, hallelujah, I should be looking. Because I tried to do some crazy things to myself. But oh, look at God. He beautified the meat with salvation. Only way we look the good that we look at because we say, man, the world was trying to drag us down. We were looking sad and bad. Y'all know what I'm talking about. When you was in the world, you drinking all that stuff, your lips all tore all up, looking all ripped all up, and you know, black and red, and you know what I'm saying? Bloodshot got on bags all up under your eyes. You know, and you're talking like you're, like you're sleepy or your eyes closed. They say, open your eyes. They are open. It's cold because you don't smoke all them blunts. Huh? Amen. Hallelujah. Some of y'all should come to church toe up. But God done delivered you. I don't need that to get happy no more. I got something called the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. And it leaves no hangover. Hallelujah. Amen. It'll bring me over, but it won't leave no hangover. Huh? Hallelujah. With all that you've been through up until now, you should be kissing on Jesus every chance you get. Because y'all know the devil tried to kill you. You know what the scripture say. He come to steal, kill, and to destroy. But he couldn't do anything with you because God has been with you. Isn't that good? So I'm here to tell you. Here's the deal. Is that you got to care for your family. And then you got to extend it and care for your spiritual family. And then you got to care for the value of other people. I'm telling you, if you do those three things, your life is going to be the better. So much the better if you do those three things. Are you following me? This is your time. This is your moment to shine and to be the man and the woman of God that you can be. Now I'm closing. If you've been, over, been here for some length of time, some of y'all been here 10 years, 8 years. Man, that's a long time. And some of y'all beyond that. 14, 15, 13, you know, 20, 25. If you've been here a length of time, I'll say 5 years and beyond. And you still are conducting yourself the same way when you came in here, something is wrong. Because in 5 years, I know you done got some good teaching. I know you have. You've been here this long, you still acting crazy as a husband? That's your fault. 
this word, you see, some men act like the word can't change them. I'm just rugged, rugged. I'm a man. Ain't nobody gonna tell me what to do. Ain't nobody trying to tell you what to do. We're trying to make you better, man. Wouldn't you like that testimony that the Lord made me a better man? Wouldn't you like that testimony the Lord made me a better woman, ladies? Wouldn't you like that? Man, they just, they just had women fellowship yesterday. I tell you, they told me, man, it was so good. It was so good. I know sometimes we can't make everything all the time, but why you make excuses not to come any of the time? You need to be trying to find ways that you can come. Shame on you. You just miss because you just want to miss. And you don't think it's important enough. To, they ain't teaching nothing that I need to hear. You need to stop all that. Every time you don't come, you miss something. And if it sounds like I'm fussing a little bit, yeah, I'm, 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 trying, to, I'm trying to say something here because there's some good stuff being transferred here. Like on Friday, man, I'm telling you, man, this is some great stuff that you need to hear. You need to know for your family. Anytime they have something, you should try to adjust your schedule so you can be a part of it because it means something for you and your family. Somebody said, well, I Bishop, I've been here 25 uh, years or more, and so... Uh, I believe I'm just grandfathered in and I don't need to, I don't need I don't need to be coming. No, ma'am, no, sir. You come here and show them how to do it. Say, listen, I'm still getting something out of it. My wife and I, we've been married a long time, but we still come to marriage ministry so we can all while we being here, we're encouraging others to be here. How I get up here, hey, y'all come to marriage ministry. Do Pastor First Lady be there? No, they ain't been there in three years. And I'm getting up here encouraging you to come. And if you're a leader, you should not make no excuses to be here. Shame on you, you make excuses not to be here. You find other stuff to do, so you cannot be here. You need to be leading by example. Okay, you done got grown, you don't need none of the teaching. Come and show us how to do it. Every leader should have their hips up in here doing marriage ministry. And listen. Monday, we're going to have men, uh, men talk. If you're a man, you should find your way being at men talk. You ain't got to say nothing. Pastor picking on us now. No, you only convicted because you don't come. If you've been coming, you like, yeah, say it, Bishop. If you are a woman, you say, what? Every blue moon, every quarter, three, every once three months, every what? Every two months, you can't find one. You can't find a time. Every, every two months, one time. Every two months, ladies. I don't need to be around all them women and with them attitudes and and some of them on the change and some of them they having it cycled. I don't be out of women. You a woman yourself. You know what I found out about people? They don't want to put up with you, but you they want you, they want you to put up with them. Can I tell y'all something? I know I'm done. But every one of us in here got something that can rub people the wrong way. Every one of us in here, we got our little ways that somebody won't like. Every one of us in here. The, the one that talking about, uh-uh, I got it all together. You too. Every one of us here got little ways that we got to work on. And if you're married, if you don't think so, ask your wife, ask your husband. You got a little way that they've been putting up with. They just ain't been highlighting it. They just ain't been highlighting it. But you got a little way about yourself. But they just deal with it because they married to you trying to make you better that's all I don't say it yes I don't say it I do I said I will amen you know some people don't like me to talk like this but I need to talk straight to you not at you I, I need to talk with you. if you're gonna be a leader be a leader
Come to Women's Fellowship. Come to me and talk. Come to marriage ministry. It ain't going to hurt you. It's going to help you. Hallelujah. Amen. I need to hear from some of my leaders. Why you don't come? I need to hear from you. I want you to tell me why you don't come. And, and you need to come to me and tell me why you don't come before I come to you. I want to know what's your excuse and what's your reason why you don't come. And you say, well, because I, I don't want to. That's not a good reason. Because you're a leader. You, even if you, there's nothing they say that you don't already know, you need to be there to support them. Because it's only once a month. You get all the other time to just do whatever you want to do. And it's just once a month. Once a month. And everything that we do here is to help you. Watch this. And to help each other. Because watch it. If I was counseling you and I said, you know, they got a real good marriage ministry. And then if I don't go and they ask, well, do you go? We said, well, you know, I don't go, but, you know. Well, how am I counseling you and telling you to go somewhere when I don't go myself? How can I tell y'all to give doing Stella, Stella Sunday? Say, hey, you know, we want to raise some money so we can do some things for the church. And y'all going to, when we read the history this year, man, I'm telling you, because we ain't been having stuff, you know, because of the pandemic. You're going to see all the things that we done already done. But what I'm telling you is I get up there, you know, tell y'all, y'all get ready for Stella. I want you to bring such and such and such and such. And then if we get up there and, and the bishop first lady don't give nothing. And I'm the leader. You're going to look at me. I know that man ain't telling me to do that. He's going to sit there with a straight face and tell us to bring something and he ain't giving that. Let him ask me again. I lie, but I knock him out. That's what you're going to say in your mind. You ain't going to probably do it. You? And I snatch them glasses off of him again. Tell me to do something and he ain't doing it. But see, I'm not going to ask you to do something that I'm not doing. I haven't done myself. Are you following me? So I'm, I got to be first partaker, as the Bible says. I got to be first fruit. And you got to be first fruit. If you're a leader in this house, you got to be first fruit. Hallelujah. And the leader should be encouraging all the members to come. Now, you know, I get worried sometimes that my leaders are a little mean and everything. But now, when you're trying to talk to the people about coming and doing things, you can't be mean to them. You can't be talking to them like they're children. Well, you know, um, Bishop want everybody to come to homecoming, and we want you to be there and everything uh, like that. And they said, well, no, I ain't coming. Well, you don't come to nothing anyway, so I don't know why I asked you anyhow. Well, no, you can't do them like that. You can't do them people like that. You just say, just say, thank you. Maybe next time you'll be able to come. Isn't that better? Amen. You can't talk to the people any kind of way. That's a reflection of me. And I tell you what, now, if you're going to do that, you, you just sit down. Let me get somebody else that know how to talk to the folk. Hallelujah. Now, after you done talk to them real now, then you can come tell me, Pat, Pat, Pat Bishop, I almost snatched their hair off their head because the way they were talking to me. <laughs> you can tell me about it, but you know, hey, keep your cool. Keep your cool. Everybody stand. I'm done.